This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. He looks at the left field, going to be a tough play. Gino on the run, makes the play. And flies into the stands. Oh, what a play by Derek Jeter. There it goes. Deep to left, really deep. Damn. Oh, my goodness, what a shot by Aaron Judge. home run to the back end of the grandstand in left field. The Sanchino. Oh, that Gary is scary. Ball game over. Yankees win. Yankees win. Hey, I mean, you'll take it, right? You'll take it if you're the Yankees. Um, You know, just coming off a 10-game win streak. Um, Took two of the first three, uh, two of the three games in Boston. One of the one of the sweep, obviously, but playing hell of a lot of uh, playing really good fucking baseball, and um, you're not gonna, you're, you're literally not going to win them all. Um, I usually hate that fucking saying. You know, my counter to that is you're not going to lose them all either. <laughs> but no, they they came off a ten game win streak and. You know, anybody who is super upset with, with their game three, um, you know, blowout loss, um, you're crazy. You know, <laughs> even I'm the one to say that. Um, now I was upset during it because I, I had some money on the game, but we're all good now being that, you know, I was fortunate enough <laughs> to get that money back, um, uh, on some of those NFL games, I earned it back. So. No, um, you're happy with the way the Yankees are playing lately. Um, everything's going well. Um, we just clinched the playoffs. It took a loss once again. I think for the second year in a row, we clinched the playoffs. Um, the same night as a loss on a lo- on the same night as a loss because the fucking Mariners helped us out. But um, with their loss, but um, yeah, it, it is what it is. We're back in the playoffs, and I'm excited for it. I am very excited. So, um, what's going on? Everybody, Rob Carbone coming at you, your host, Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4, episode 158 of the podcast tonight. Um, uh, trying to think, trying to think, trying to think what has been going on. NBA playoffs still in, uh, still in action. The Los Angeles Lakers won on Sunday night. As I'm recording this, so here's the thing, guys. Um, I recorded an entire episode for 158 and it turns out the audio wasn't, um, a lot of the, a, a good portion of the, um, of the episode was muted. The audio was muted. So I was so pissed off. I actually uploaded it on YouTube, uploaded it on SoundCloud, on Anchor and all the, all the other platforms, but I had to delete it because I, I didn't double check before I uploaded it and that's my own fault. So. The audio came out poorly, so I have to record an entirely new episode. Um, 
But tonight's episode is not just going to feature me talking about, you know, the Yankees uh, series at Fenway, but um, towards the end, in the second half of this episode, um, it's, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to see, um, a discussion that Leo, my my buddy Leo and I had, where we talk about the NBA playoffs, where we talk about um, just the NBA in general too, uh, the NFL also, some NFL, and you know maybe some. U- I think we got into some UFC, you know MMA as well. Um, so Leo and I had a fun discussion about you know a few different sports, and we talked for about forty minutes. So that's going to be later in the episode, but um, you know to start out here, we're going to do our usual. Um, we're going to head to break in a second, but we'll get back and kind of recap the Yankees Boston series. Um, we'll discuss what we need to discuss about the state of the team about the postseason that's coming up in about a week and a half. And um, yeah, guys, you know, that'll be it. Um, it's going to be a little bit longer, obviously now um, than usual with, with uh, an entirely different segment here with Leo joining the show for a bit. Um, now, Leo and I discussed all these topics um, a couple days ago. It was Saturday. So we discussed this on Saturday night. So that's why some of the things you're going to hear as you are listening to this on Monday morning, likely, um, are a little, you know, off and delayed so, or, or, you know, not updated rather. But um, regardless, I hope you guys check it out. It was a good um, discussion that we had, but again, that's later in the show. So first we're going to take a quick little break. And when we get back, we'll, you know, we'll dissect this Yankees Boston series. Be right back guys. Hey guys, really quick. I just want to remind you that if you go to my website at ny sports, talk, you can find me on social media, you can find the links to my podcast and my blog. So that's all you got to do. Just go to my website, go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, and there will be a page that displays all of my information. All right, guys, thank you. Let's get back to the show. So game one, um, game one, game one, game one, game one. Um, Oh, that was the yeah, that was the twelve inning affair. That was a really fun game, stressful, um, very stressful, but very fun. Um, you know, uh, six to five, Yanks took the victory after twelve. Jordan Montgomery got the start. Um, Montgomery's been the one Yankee pitcher um, who hasn't been the most consistent this season. You know, he's had his fair share of ugly outings, his fair share of solid outings. Um, but this was one, you know, one of his uh, not so solid, ugly, uglier rather outings. Um, you know, he went four and two thirds, uh, was banged around for five hits, walked two batters, let up four earned runs, and um, he did strike out seven. But you know, I think he let up a home run too to Arroyo. Arroyo hit a three run bomb um, after surrendering two hits. Um, Arroyo will be the third hit of the inning off Montgomery in the fourth to make it three, nothing Boston bottom of the fifth came um, Montgomery again, having trouble limiting the damage with another extra base hit let off to uh, fucking uh, Christian Vasquez with an RBI double uh, to make it four, nothing Boston. So, you know, it looked pretty grim for the Yankees in Montgomery for a bit. Um, but the bullpen comes into the game. They do fairly well. And the bats finally catch on uh, starting that seventh inning where, 
Yankees uh, put a bunch of runners on, and it's Gary Sanchez who's been swinging the bat very well um, coming through. Gary actually took the ball opposite the opposite field. He took it to the opposite way, and he drove in two runs with a ground rule double, four to two. In the eighth here, if you're watching the podcast, Stanton comes through with a big double uh, to bring home Aaron Judge, who sprinted just fine if you're worrying about his health. Um, that made it four to three. So the Yankees were putting together a little bit of a rally in the uh, seventh and eighth, or in the eighth and, yeah, seventh and eighth. But in the ninth inning, here comes Gary again. Gary comes through clutch again as he's been hitting so well of late. Gary does it again with a better approach. At the top of the ninth, gets a one, uh, an 0-1 fastball, drills it over the ugly monster, ties the game at four. So Yankees come back from 4 nothing. They tie it at four thanks to Gary Sanchez's big night. Um, and yet you go to extras or, or you go to the bottom of the ninth even. Uh, Boston had a chance. You know, Bogarts was on second base, one of the scarier hitters in the game, despite his down year. JD Martinez at the plate, but Chad Green gets him to strike out on his fastball. Uh, bottom of the tenth, Boston has another prime opportunity. Two two men on base. Um, I believe nobody was out, but Aroldis Chapman finds a way to get out of it. You know, he always makes it interesting, but always. Um, not always comes through, but he did come through this time. Uh, top of the 11th, the Yankees got a run. Uh, Luke Voigt, RBI single off of Weber. That made it 5-4 to four Yankees. But then Boston answered back with an Arroyo RBI single off of Lasagna in the 11th, um, the bottom of the 11th, to make it 5-5. Five, five. But that, my folks, my friends, was when um, the Yankees pretty much took over from there. Uh, Johnny Lasagna got into a little bit of a jam, but bases loaded one out, struck out JD, uh, and then got Vasquez to fly out to limit the damage in the bottom of the 11th. And then fucking in the top of the 12th, it's DJ LeMayu with the uh, opposite field RBI double off of Weber to make it 6-5 Yankees. Of course, it's DJ coming through with the clutch hit the other way as per usual. Um, You know, Lasagna goes out there in the 12th and tosses one more inning. Uh, first batter, he gets a ground out, but that pushes that runner to the third base. You know, the extra inning rule. Got a runner on second to start the frame. So you got a guy on fucking third with one out. Nerves start, you know, revving up a bit again. But I believe he pitches a one, two, three inning to get out of it. And uh, there's your ball game. So that was your ball game for game one. Now let's get to game two, which was much less of a stressful game and much more of a of a laugher <laughs> um, Yankees face Mazza and you know, they, they, they get on them. They score eight runs total in this game, eight, nothing win. Um, you know, the offense was good sack fly by geo in the first inning. Uh, and then an RBI single by Clint makes it two nothing in the first bottom of the fourth comes along. Higgy and Wade pick up an RBI apiece, makes it four nothing bottom of the fifth comes. It's Voight again uh, with an RBI single. And then Clint again this game with a two-run bomb to continue his powerful season. 7 nothing after five innings. Um, and then the bottom of the ninth came. Yankees tacked on um, with a, another sack fly from Geo to make it 8-zip. And um, the offense was great. You know, eight runs and 11 hits, six walks, just seven Ks, and um, three of eight outing with runners in scoring position. But the talk of that game was not the bats. Despite the eight runs, it was J-Hap. 
in his wonderful, his brilliant eight shutout innings against the Boston Red Sox. Eight innings of shutout baseball. Happ only allowed four hits, didn't walk a single batter, nobody scored, and he struck out nine batters. Um, he picked up his second victory and uh, second victory in four decisions, and he also downed his ERA to a very solid 3.25, which I believe is second on the team, if I'm correct. So, hey, left-handed veteran doing his fucking job and um, helping the Yankees to another victory, making it 10 in a row at the time. But um, that would be it. It would would, uh, just be 10 in a row for the Yankees as they uh, regress to the mean, I guess you could say, a little bit um, in Game 3. Um, you know, the game three, there's not really much to talk about. Fucking 10 to two. They lost whatever. Um, Eric Kratz ended up pitching late in that game. <laughs> he had a couple knuckleballs and fucking around, gave up a homer to JD, but you know, pitched the full inning. <laughs> um, Yankees lost 10 to, I don't even remember how they scored two runs. I think Voight had something to do with it and somebody else hit a home run. I'm pretty sure. I don't even remember because I didn't care. Um, but Garcia started, did not pitch well. Was kind of due for a really bad outing, being that he hasn't had a terrible outing yet. That was his first terrible outing in the five starts he's made this year. You know, he's had one mediocre, one terrible, and then three very strong starts. But Garcia let up eight hits, gave up six runs, and I only think he pitched like three innings or something like that. Um, you know, and, and he, he didn't have it. He had no command, you know, leaving some pitches up. The fastball had no zip to it. Um, Boston was all over him from the beginning. You could kind of tell he was going to get pummeled, and he did. Um, but that's all right. Um, but that, that that does lead me to fucking wonder, um, does that change anything? Does it change anything for you guys that Garcia got pummeled? Does it make you want to change your mind about who you want in that game three? You know, do you want somebody else out there now? Would you prefer Hap? with his hot streak or do you still want Garcia slotted in that three hole in that, that uh, three slot in the rotation? I don't know. I, you know, I want half. I would say I put half there, but I also would say I put I, I, Garcia. I really don't have a fucking, not that I don't have an issue. It's kind of the opposite. You know, I, I am very concerned with both. Um, I know Hap's been great, but it's, what leaves a bad taste in my mouth is that 2018 performance. His only postseason start with New York was very poor. Um, and it was actually, ironically, ironically, it was against Boston. Um, but maybe I should let that go. You know, um, I just don't know. You know, he's an old veteran. I hope he just doesn't, you know, regress to the mean at the very wrong time because he's on fire and he's been on fire in his last six starts. So I feel like, you know, the postseason starting very na- uh, very soon, he could just regress to the mean right then. Um, now, as for Garcia, you know, maybe he had his regression game and he'll start ramping it up again. So maybe he is the guy you want out there for game three. But that's that's far from now, right? We, we've got some finishing up to do with seven games remaining this regular season. Uh, we go to Buffalo tomorrow for four games. And we host the Marlins for three to cap off the season. But we clinched the playoffs um, on Sunday night. So, you know, fucking, it's not like the Yankees are going to be really fighting for anything in these remaining seven games. 
you can expect Aaron Boone to sit a whole bunch of players a whole bunch of times from here on out until October. Um, you know, you can expect him to continue, you know, um, to coddle, I guess you could say Aaron judge and Giancarlo, you know, only playing one at a time, which to me, honestly, man, I feel like that hurts the Yankees more than it does help, you know, being that those two guys were out for over a month each at the same time. Um, I feel like they should be getting as many fucking reps as they can right now. You know, bringing both Judge and Stanton back with just a week until the postseason. What does sitting them do? You're not resting them. They haven't played all year. At this point, they need to be getting their reps. They need to be getting some at-bats in. As many at-bats as fucking humanly possible. But to sit one guy one day, the other the next, you're not going to get into any kind of consistent rhythm that way. So that really bothers me. That really fucking bothers me. Um, so I'm hoping we can kind of get a consistent full lineup here to, to you know, to know what it fucking looks like once and for all, because we never get that. And, and I feel like that's kind of important with the postseason right around the corner to know what your full lineup is going to do and to, to put them out there. That would be kind of big. Can we Can we do that? But for some reason, I have this feeling Aaron Boone is going to continue to just worry about rest so much to a point where he's completely overthinking it. Um, and again, maybe it's not Aaron Boone. Maybe it's the analytical staff upstairs in the front office making these moves, making these decisions, and he's more of a puppet than many people think. But whatever the fuck it is, it's not something I prefer. You know, I am much, you know, I don't love this whole idea of, of resting over everything else. I think you need to get these guys out there to play. You need to get these guys out there to get their consistency back, to get their rhythm, to find their footing. Um, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> now, a lot of people were talking about the Yankees' 10 and 15 mediocre road record. Is that a concern for the playoffs? Maybe. Um, but again, there's not going to be a crowd. You know, we're going to Texas once the uh, playoffs begin in Arlington, Texas, and what they're going to call the bubble, I guess, too, the MLB. Um, so. Is it really going to be that much of a difference in this year's postseason? You know, does it have that impact? Sure, the Yankees are used to playing in their own home. But again, even their home games this postseason won't be at home. Ah, the whole thing fucking sucks, man. I just wish it was back in the fucking Bronx. Dude, I miss it. I miss it. You know, for the past three or four year, three years um, heading into this year, I've been going to the majority of the Yankee postseason games, you know. Shit, in 2017, my my cousin and I even traveled to Cleveland. You know, we went to the fucking ALDS Game 5 where the Yankees won um, and, and advanced. You know, I, I am a big, big, big postseason guy. I always go to the game. So it's going to be different as hell, not only watching from home, but watching them play in a completely different atmosphere, a completely different atmosphere with no crowd, with no Yankee Stadium. So, ah, it's so fucking weird to me, man. It sucks. It's going to be different. But at the same time, October is here. I'm happy it's here. Despite my overall take on this team, you know, not being too high on the lineup with their strikeout issues, not being too high on the rotation with some of the lack of depth and some of the uncertainty as you go deeper into the rotation with my questions on if they can remain healthy with my questions on Aaron Boone's urgency and leadership. You know, I've got all these 
questions about this team. I'm still excited to some extent. All right. Well, maybe excited is not the right word. I'm excited for playoffs. Okay. I'm not getting excited, hoping that the Yankees are going to. I'm not getting excited, jumping the gun like a typical Yankees fan would and expecting this team to do much because I always see, you know, we see year in and year out, they disappoint. So I'm not, I'm trying not to, to have those ridiculously high expectations because they've let me down so much these last couple of years. But at the same time, man, it's hard not to think about the postseason and, and think about trying to get this Yankees team to perform their best. So I really hope they do. Um, I don't think I said anything that made any fucking sense there. I'm sorry. It's fucking late, yo. It is fucking late. It's it's 3.42 in the morning on Monday, so I don't know. Bottom line, man, I'm excited to be in that um, fucking October zone again. I just, once again, I don't know how well the Yankees are going to perform in the postseason. And I'm not just trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just stating my fucking opinion, all right? Um... Did you guys see that Boston drunk? There was a Fenway drunk today that somehow snuck into the stadium and onto some balcony out in the uh, like left center field. Did you see that in game three? He was holding something. Was it? He threw like a, fo- I don't know if he threw a football onto the field or was it a hat that he threw onto the field that said something. But some Fenway drunk was, you know, they had to pause the game in like the eighth inning. Because this guy wouldn't stop gesturing and talking. Um, and he, he climbed down the balcony and he climbed over the railing. Almost as if he was about to fall off of it or jump off of it. So it was you know kind of a, an eerie situation where the security guards didn't know what to do. Especially with you know, the, the social distancing and shit. But you could hear everything obviously with no crowd that was going on. You could hear him say some shit mumbling some nonsense and then you could you know the cameras even panned to him which was surprising because yes usually doesn't show that shit um, but you could see everything he was you know you could see him saying something you could hear it and the cameras panned to the yankee dugout they were all laughing it was pretty interesting i don't know what the hell it is i still have no idea what happened i gotta look it up maybe it's you know maybe i'll get more clarification um but yeah the fenway drunk we'll call him <laughs> So we go to Buffalo for four games. We host the Marlins afterwards for three, and that's that's your regular season. You know the wild card series. Um, it looks as if you know it looks like right now we're facing up against, of course, the Minnesota Twins again um, for a three game wild card series. And again, I'm ready for it. You know, it's been a weird, streaky, up and down season for the Yankees. Hasn't been their greatest, but. Definitely a good way to end it if we continue to uh, win. And, you know, I'm hoping to, uh, obviously, the division seems to be out of hand. Seems like the Rays have that locked. But, you know, if we if we can just, um, again, get hot going into the postseason or stay hot going into the postseason, play with, you know, play at full strength, hopefully, and we'll see what the fuck happens, guys. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's all I got. I really don't have much to say. Giants suck. Saquon Barkley is out for the season. Um, that sucks. 
Chiefs played a really fun game against the Chargers that went to overtime. That was pretty cool. Who else played today? Uh, the Broncos lost to the Steelers. The Falcons. What is with the Falcons? Keep blowing leads. They keep doing it. Fucking Dallas Cowboys came all the way back from like 20 points or something. And I had money on the fucking Falcons. Um, College football is getting more teams in there. Big Ten's back. OSU, Ohio State. Coming back next Saturday, I believe. That's going to be fun. And again, the NBA playoffs are in full form. And it's been very entertaining. LeBron James and the Lakers just went up 2-0 um, on Sunday night. The Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics um, are in the middle of a series that's 2-1. to one. That one looks like it could possibly go 7. I have a feeling the Celtics aren't done yet. Um, they just picked up a victory the other day. And I feel like they're going to take this one to at least, at least 6. Um, but regardless of what happens... Um, I do think it's going to be Lakers and somebody. If it's Lakers Celtics, that's really cool. The two most winningest, you know, franchises in history. And if it's Lakers Miami, you've got LeBron facing his former team going back to the finals for the first time since he was there. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, guys, let, let's just, you know, we might as well wrap this up. Um, so we'll, we'll head to break one more time and, let me tell you, what, uh, when we get back from break, we will do the NYYMYK question of the day. And then we'll go right into the segment that Leo and I had and where we discuss NBA stuff, NFL shit, and uh, talk a little UFC. All right. So let's head to break in and we'll do all that when we get back. All right. Be right back. Hey, guys, really quick. I just want to remind you that if you go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com, you can find me on social media. You can find the links to my podcast and my blog. So that's all you got to do. Just go to my website. Go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com and there will be a page that displays all of my information. All right, guys. Thank you. Let's get back to the show. I do want to say, though, before we even get to the question of the day, that UFC shit was fun the other night. I actually didn't see it live. I had to see some of the recaps and some of the highlights of it, but that Kobe Covington fight, shit. That guy's nasty, and he's one of my favorites now. I really like him. I really like that kid. He can fight, and he beat the shit out of uh, Woodley for five rounds. But Covington, I like Covington. I like him now. I love what he stands for. I love what he believes in, but I love him as a fighter too, dude. He he can fight. He can fucking fight. Um, the other dude, I forget his name. He's a foreigner. He was very good too, though. Ah, his name. I don't know, but he was good too. Fucking who fought before him. Um, October 24th, I think, is when Khabib is returning. That's going to be a good fight. There might be another big fight somewhere between now and then. But they head back to Fight Island, I think, um, next Saturday. So I'm excited. I am excited. I just got into UFC at the start of quarantine. That's when I started getting into it. And I can't stop watching it now, dude. Every Saturday I'm tuning into it. And if I don't, I'll see it the next day. 
I'll watch the recaps. Oh man, it's fucking awesome. I just love seeing people beat the fuck out of each other. <laughs> I get a kick out of it. Loose screws. Loose screws in people's heads. I'll tell you that. All right, guys. Let's um let's uh fucking uh let's go to the question of the day. All right. Where are you? Okay. Alright, so last time out in episode 157, let's get this over with because I'm so tired. Um, I asked you guys, who was the last Yankee to have his number retired? Alright, so the most recent Yankee to have his number retired should have been an easy answer. Um, the answer to that question was Derek Jeter back in 2014. Alright, so uh, that was the answer to episode 157's NYY, NYK question of the day. Tonight's NYY, or this morning's, <laughs> depending on you know when you're listening to this or when I'm recording this so late slash early. Um, but this episode's NYY, NYK question of the day. Um, for episode 158, I'm asking you guys, who, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what year did the Yankees first win the World Series? So what year did the Yankees first win the World Series? What was the, When was their first World Series victory? Hope we didn't ask that before. I don't think we did. I don't think we did, but I don't know. I hope not. All right, so just let me know the answer once, once more. Uh, what year did the Yankees first win the World Series? Let me know the answer on Facebook. Twitter or Instagram, preferably Facebook or Instagram being that I'm not on Twitter much nowadays um, at all. So just message me the answer or you can comment on the post once I publish the podcast. Guys, let's get to the uh, second part of the episode tonight where Leo and I discuss a whole lot on some sports that have been going on uh, and we had a good time. So I hope you guys enjoy it and let's just get right into it. And um hope the audio is good. I like to think it was good enough. You know, <laughs> we'll see. No, you guys will enjoy it. You guys will enjoy it. It was a good conversation uh, that my buddy Leo and I had again on the NBA, the NFL and um, UFC. So let's get to that right now. Guys, thank you so much. And I'll see you on the next show. Ciao. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Shit. I'm happy Why, about up? like... Finally back at work. I'm finally back at school, so I get the fuck out of the house finally. Yeah. So that's good. And we got some sports going, which is great. Yeah, I'm so happy. Um the NBA playoffs have been really good, dude. I don't know if you've been watching some of them. Yeah, I mean I was watching a lot of the uh, Celtics games. I mean they won, I tonight. They, they won tonight, which is huge. I mean yeah. they could have won they could have easily been three and zero in the series, but you know, they just can't fucking Close out games. Yeah, what is it with that man? Shit. I mean, Kemba. Kemba's a problem. Kemba's not clutch. No, it's just it's straight it's straight up as it is. Kemba's not clutch. I do love. I I don't know. I feel like they've got so much talent. They should definitely be able to contend with the Heat. But um, I mean, Miami. Miami is just in the moment. That's what they are. They're just in the moment. It's like. All postseason. Yeah, I mean, they're also like a mismatch for a lot of teams because 
they play physical and yeah. they can shoot the ball really well. So like a team like Milwaukee, like they really are going to struggle against that because they're not particularly a good shooting team. They're more of a like give me give the ball to Giannis and move the fuck out of the way kind of team. So like, yeah, I like the Heat are my sleeper team because. Like you said, they just play physical and they're like very hungry, um, very competitive. They got that fire and desire, and they're a tough, gritty team. And I like the way they they just play good, solid basketball, dude. Jimmy Butler, they've got a bunch of shooters around him. Um, they play defense, and of course, they got a good organization, a good coach, Spolstra. So that's my sleeper right there. I don't know, but the Celtics do have the talent. I feel like they have the talent over them. I just don't know. What is it? Two to one. Yeah, it's two to one, but uh, no. I think uh, I still think the Lakers are going to take it. I mean, as much yeah, as oh, you yeah. and me, yeah, I know as you and me don't like to see that. But fucking yeah. uh, LeBron's playing out of his mind, and yeah. you just saw how easy they took down Denver. I mean, Denver's used to getting their asses kicked in the first like yeah. four games, but then like the thing is, like eventually you're just going to fucking get your ass kicked, and and the Lakers are not. The, uh, the, they're not Utah and they're not the Clippers. Clearly, we thought the Dude, Clippers. Dude, the Clippers fucked up. Yeah, I was Clippers, so pissed off. Clippers got cocky, man. That's what happens when you get too cocky. Well, everybody was talking about Clippers, Lakers, Clippers, Lakers in the WCF. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can't jump the gun. And they ended up, you know, playoff P, missing left and right, inconsistent. Kawhi didn't even have a good game seven. And yeah, you but you know what? But you know what, though, Bert? Like, I think they fucked up getting Paul George. Like, like I like I like Paul George. I think Paul George is a great player. But Paul George is never a guy that's going to be your guy that's going to help you get over the hump. Because, look, he had chances in Indiana. He didn't do it. He had chances in OKC with, with Russell Westbrook. And they couldn't do it. They can't even get past the fucking first round. They can't. Even, they're not. They weren't even a top five team in the West. And now with Kawhi and this deep team, they're in. Like the guy can't deliver. It's clearly a. It's clearly a, a personnel problem. I think as well. I think it's not. I mean, as much as Doc. people could say Doc and all this shit and like oh, like they they got cocky. Yeah, they got cocky. But the thing is. The Clippers really thought of themselves as this ultimate team. Like they struggled during uh, like parts of the re- of the bubble, and they just aren't a good team like we think they are. Like the other yeah, deep bench, but that's pretty much it. Like they're starting their starting lineup is not particularly like wows you. That's yeah. their bench. Their bench is amazing. Lou Williams, Montrell Harrell, and Montrez Harrell, and freaking. I mean, they start with Shamit and Shamit. I think when Shamit went down, I think kind of like the series kind of went a little bit yeah. south because like Shamit's a really good defender, but like other than that, like Kawhi can't do it on his own. Not, not, clearly, yeah. people gotta like stop saying Kawhi is the best player in basketball. Like he cannot. Like Kawhi is like easily top five, but like he's not number one. He's not a KD. He's not a Giannis. He's not. LeBron, it's just people gotta like he's not James Harden. He's people need to stop that. Well, James Harden's a fucking choker. 
I mean, that guy every year he's out of the playoffs just like that. And the Rockets, yeah, but part of me, part of me says yes, and part of me says it's D'Antoni. Well, his system, his whole you know three point shooting, free throw system, you know, it's so heavy on analytics, and like, I don't think that's going to work ever in the postseason. And, and he's not really a postseason coach. We always see him winning regular season games, but he never really has that elitism come the postseason. The listen, listen, his best team he ever assembled, I think personally, and he's built a lot of good teams. He's built that Knicks team that did pretty well. He built he built that uh, the Phoenix. What he did in Phoenix was amazing. But for me, his best ever team was that team two years ago against the when he was with the Rockets, where they should have knocked out Golden State and and they lost in seven. That literally was his best team ever, and he fucking failed because one player went down, and then all of a sudden your shit goes into flames. Like they had two chances to freaking end Golden State, and they blew it. So like I don't want to fucking hear it. like. It's no excuse. The guy is a systematic failure. He's just whatever it is. Like, watch it. If he goes to like an Indianapolis, or I'm also hearing Philly, they'll win a lot of games. But I'm guaranteeing you right now, they're not going to win the championship. I mean, you're not going to win the championship with Indiana. You're not going to win the championship with Philly. Philly right now, I mean, I don't want to waste any. Uh, I don't want to. We still have to record the show, but um, we're recording. Are we are? <laughs> yeah, I'll cut out what I need to cut out. Don't worry. Oh, sorry, bro. No, um, like <laughs> Philly, Philly, Philly is fucking. Philly is just always like. I just think they need to build around Embiid. Let's just like they need to stop this fucking yeah. Ben Simmons crap and move on from him. Like you can find like a hundred Ben Simmons Dude, out there. That's that's never that tandem is never gonna work. Never. Embiid is like is like Giannis. You need to surround him with good shooters. That's yeah. all you really need. If Philly can get a good shooter, get some shooters, they'll be a really good team. Like they they have talent. I think also yeah. the thing that really killed them was letting go of uh, was letting go of Jimmy Butler. Like how on earth would you never pay Jimmy Butler the max? Look at him. And, you, and you fucking pay Tobias Harris the max. Yeah. Like what are you yeah. thinking? Like, yeah. It's so stupid. Like Tobias Harris is a good player, but he's not a fucking max player. Like, and they, are you out of your mind? And, and they brought in Al Horford to clog the paint even more. Yeah, and they overspend on him. Like, there's a reason why the Celtics did not pay him back. Like, they yeah. just were like, "All right, you can go." Like, and they even played better without him. It's like the same thing with Kyrie. Like, I love it when Brooklyn yep. fans are like, "Oh my God, we got Kyrie, yeah. KD." Like. KD, I get it. Like KD is KD is gonna ball. KD is gonna work. But fucking Kyrie, you, you clearly see Kyrie can't do it on his own. Like Kyrie, it's a fucking something's wrong with him. Like in his head. Like I don't understand him. Like he's fucking he's fucking amazing. But like he just like he somehow, some way, completely shoots himself in the foot, and like ruins his team's season by just being an absolute enigma of of like shattering himself again over his team thinking like you know like fuck my teammates they're 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 not i can't trust my teammates i can't trust the organization like how can you trust a player like that like brooklyn fucked up in my opinion if 
I mean, if Kyrie ends up being like LeBron, like what he did with LeBron and just be like, all right, like KD, you know, you won more titles than I did. Like you're clearly the better player. Like let's just fucking let's just get this ring. If he can do that, then it could work. But like, <laughs> it's also New York. What do you think about the Steve Nash hiring? A lot of people are talking a lot of shit about it. I honestly yeah. think it can honestly, and I'm telling you right now, Britt, this could be a great hire for Brooklyn. <laughs> because you know why? This guy has worked under Steve Kerr. He knows the game. I mean, dude, one of the greatest point guards ever, mm-hmm. Steve Nash. And he has a high basketball IQ. He knows the game really well. He worked with the Warriors as a shooting consultant. So, like, he learned under the Warriors tree with Steve Kerr and Luke Walton and all those great guys that were there. So, like, clearly, you know, Nash knows what he's doing. And, like, you're going to have KD, Kyrie, uh, Karis LeVert. Uh, you're going to have that team healthy, ready to go. It's a pretty darn good team. It's not a bad start for him. I think he can be a really successful team. I mean, if Brooklyn ends up doing really well, I could see him being uh, maybe a two seed, maybe a one seed. I, 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 it, depends, it all depends on Milwaukee. But like, I, th- I could see them being better than Boston. I could see them being better than Toronto like with KD and all those. Like KD, KD coming back is 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 huge. Yeah. What is their floor? If they don't pan out, if not if not if everything doesn't go as planned, what do you think the worst case scenario is for them in 2021? Well, if KD, let's say KD is not re- let's say KD is not ready. He's not in this like he's in and out with injuries. Kyrie's leading the team. And clearly, clearly we know Kyrie is, is got health issues as well. Uh, maybe a six seed, maybe a fifth okay. seed. So you think they're a playoff team either way? Absolutely. No okay. question yeah. about it. I don't think they're going to have like a team like, they're not going to have a season like this season where literally everybody's like, oh, fuck, I'm hurt. Like, yeah. I don't see that happening. Okay. Yeah. Um. Wait, so when is the 21 season start? Is it still late December? I'm hearing Christmas time, past maybe yeah. past that, so like probably around past Christmas or near Christmas, we'll see the new season. I mean, they just announced the draft date, I believe, is November 10th, or I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I do believe it's around no, early November, so like that's also a big discussion to talk about because, you yeah. know, because now freaking. Three, we we already know the lottery pick, and obviously the Knicks, uh, who had such a shitty season, ended up with. The uh, I was pick. hoping I, we would get through this without you mentioning the fucking Knicks. Yeah, number eight again, man. Um, I feel bad for you guys. I'm so sorry. Dude, like, we are so every fucking year we're getting screwed. Even like I know I know it's not the deepest class, but still, I I kind of wanted the mellow ball. Just because he he had, he was a point guard and they need a point guard desperately, but now who? I also think. Is, I mean, what are they gonna do? Obi I'm gonna tell you straight. I'm gonna tell you straight up. I'm gonna tell you straight up. If I mean, if they got a top three pick, I I would have maybe picked Lamelo, but I'll tell you right now, the kid from uh, Georgia is fucking fantastic. Edwards, uh, Edwards, yeah, he's really yeah. Good. Come, I don't think he's, he's gonna fall that far though. No, no, those guys. The top three are set. 
Yeah, like, probably Edwards. probably it's gonna be Edwards at number one. Uh, Wireless game will go to the Warriors, yeah. and then and then the third pick. I think it. I, who's the third pick? I'm Ball, Edwards, mistaken. and Wiseman. Yeah, and then Ball Ball would probably be number three. Yeah, and man. then and then I mean, you got still got a guy like R.J. Hampton still on the board. Yeah. You still got that. R.J. Hampton's a good shooter to have. Uh, the Knicks could can get him. It's not bad. They were interested. But I mean, the Knicks the Knicks are in a tough situation. They could either trade out and maybe get like a couple guys. I mean, they're gonna have a tough situation because they got to get rid of that Julius Randle contract oh, that is just fucking horrible. And and I already oh. told you, man, that contract was stupid. They oh. never should have offered that guy that kind of money. Mm. They should have waited. And and try to get a push to Giannis next year, but like I don't know, it's just, <laughs> it's just so bad. Like okay. uh, like I t- we were talking about the other day, like when we we're talking about like can the Knicks get like a Bradley Beal or something like that? Like like it, that that contract, that Randall contract is just it's not looking too good right now. Oh, dude, it's fucking ugly. It's and you know what he's doing? He's just like a lot. He's stunting like RJ's growth, Mitchell Robinson's growth. You know, it's just, he, he has just too much control, and he's not even a winning player. I mean, he'll put up some numbers, but, dude, he doesn't produce wins. And bottom line, man, they just need to fucking figure something out. Um, well, I think I think they're heading towards a decent direction with the new guy. What's his name? Leon. Uh, Rose, yeah. Leon Rose. I mean, he's a guy who clearly knows the NBA really well. He's He was an agent for many years, and... And uh, a guy who understands the game and can build, build, uh, could possibly build the team. I mean, it all depends on what he does this summer. I mean, now, not the summer. Now, it's not going to be this late yeah. fall. Um, to see what he can do with the Knicks, I mean, it's a tough job. Like, we, me and you were talking about this many times during <laughs> private conversations. It is not easy to build the Knicks, but I think you, if you go with the Knicks right now, you just blow up all this contract, all this money that you just spent. If you if you're able to trade Randall, if you're able to trade, um, who's the other guy they signed? Uh, uh, Bobby Portis and all those like crazy shitty contracts that they just threw money. They literally just threw money out like at somebody. Like here, come play for the Knicks. Like. They could have saved that money possibly yeah. for next summer and can go for a guy like Giannis or, or Bradley Beal or, or even in this matter, because he hasn't signed the extension yet, is Anthony Davis. Like, you can still possibly go for Anthony Davis. I mean, you, you don't think Anthony Davis is thinking, if I win a ring in L.A., can you imagine if I win a ring in, in New York? Yeah. Like, literally... I'll be. Let's make a statue. Not saying that he's he's going to do it, but like, (laughs) if AD comes, I mean, you're gonna start seeing guys going like, all right, all right, the Knicks, all right, I go, I go to New York, like the Mecca, like absolutely. That's the thing though. That 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 was cool for a bit, but you do have to kind of put together a winning product before you get that star. So you do want to see the Knicks at least be competitive next season and somehow try and compete every night. And maybe maybe they do better under Tom Thibodeau. Um, uh, you know, I know you like that signing. I, I think it's decent too, but I want to hear more of your thoughts on uh, the Knicks Tibbs? signing hiring Tibbs. Yeah. I mean, Thibbs is a great coach. I think um, I mean... He would have honestly. He would have been like my second choice for the coach. I think New York has really been 
sleeping on the fact that they could get Mark Jackson. Like, Mark Jackson probably would have been my number one choice because what he's done with Golden State, he literally built that team from where they are. He's a native New Yorker. He's played for the Knicks. He knows the Knicks. It's the same thing with the GM job. Like, not saying that Leon Rose is a bad choice, but, like, you could have had a guy like Kenny Smith who's in the inside the NBA right now. Like, a guy who knows New York. He knows what New Yorkers want. He knows what they what they've been craving for. They've been craving for a good basketball team for I mean, God knows how many years now. But the thing the ma- fact of the matter is Thibodeau's the coach. Thibs is a great coach. He's built a great program. He's built a great organization in Chicago when he was the coach. Minnesota was not entirely his fault because Minnesota is just an absolute shithole right now. It's just not a great organization right now with all those great, all those young players that they have right now. They just can't seem to get it together. But now they're having uh, a high, they're having the number one pick. Uh, they ha- they need possibly a really good shooter. So like Edwards kind of makes sense for them. But I mean, the fa- the fact of the matter is the Knicks. Are the Knicks? They couldn't. They they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't mess this up. I mean, Thibodeau is a good coach. The only matter, the fact of the matter is, he doesn't have a good roster. And I was some, something that I kind of told you about when when Fisdale was the coach. I mean, Fisdale. I mean, as sucked. Terrible as terrible as it was, I cannot blame him for for what happened in New York. He never had he a, a little bit of the blame for what a little bit, a little bit. But the thing is, for like. Can you, the thing is, though, Bert, like, you can't blame him entirely. Like, that team was just awful. Not entirely, no. But, he like, there's, no, there's nothing he can really do. Like, he was going to get Zion. He could have gotten Zion. He could have gotten Kevin Durant. could have Kyrie. But they all, but the Knicks just, His, the Knicks, um, Knicks kind of just said, no, we're not into my it. My biggest and, knock there, um, and I think it was more front office than it was Fisdale. Um mm-hmm. But they, they played a lot of the older vets and the, the free agent that's, that they signed as opposed to, you know, their two draft picks in, in Robinson and Barrett. Yeah. Uh, or signings. Uh, but, yeah, so, so I felt like they should have used them a little more and utilized their potential. But, you know, they just, you know, again, they need more talent. Um, but I don't want to talk too much on the Knicks because that bores the shit out of everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get your final take on on who you think's winning the finals this year, who you think the matchup will be, and then we'll talk about some NFL because I know that started up. I mean, for going straight up from west to east, I mean the Lakers are definitely going to come out of the west. Uh, I think the Nuggets are going to give them a good series. Uh, I think maybe how many games? Six. I think they'll win in six. Um, the Eastern Conference Final, man. I, I mean, if the if the Celtics could win next in Game Four, this shit is going to seven. And and literally, I cannot tell you who would be in the finals. As an avid Celtics fan, I'm going to say Celtics are going to win in seven, and it'll be Lakers Celtics with which literally will be phenomenal. Yes, like literally, Bert. Like just think about it. That's classic. That's what the NBA wants. We, we want to Celtics Lakers. The two finals. winningest franchises. Yes, and I honestly do believe that the Celtics can beat the Lakers in six games because you know what? The Celtics are a bad matchup for the for this Lakers because the Lakers, as huge as they are, the Celtics are 
Younger not and quicker. that big, but they're quick and they could score yep. and they could shoot. Yep. I mean, talent, man. They've got loads of it. Absolutely. And the Lakers, it's really just two guys, and that's it. Like, I don't want to hear, like, oh, Alex Caruso. Oh, this Alex Caruso. Oh, uh, oh uh, Kyle Kuzma. Oh, Rajon Ronda. Oh, <laughs> Dwight Howard. Like, I would have been excited in, like, 2010, but, like, this is, like, they're old. They're right. old. <laughs> they are old. They're not, they're not very exciting compared to, like, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Uh, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, uh, Ayers Cantor, uh, Daniel Tice. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. Gordon Hayward. I'm forgetting about freaking your coach is great too. Gordo over here. And, and of course, Brad Stevens. But like, I also do want to say if the Celtics fail to make the NBA finals this year, I will be calling for Brad Stevens to get fired. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's too long, and you can't get to the finals, and this was your best ever shot to get to the finals? Talent. Loaded, and you don't have to face Giannis, and you knocked out Toronto like that, the defending champs, in a seven-game intense series, and then you go out to lose to Miami. Like, nothing against Miami. Miami's a very good basketball team, but I do believe they're better than Miami. So, like, the fact of the matter is, if you lose to Miami, like that, that team has got to go. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's time. It's time to really think about it. Yeah. Did you see the uh, Covington fight tonight? MMA. Oh yeah. I mean, Woodley. I, I saw some of the highlights, but I kind of expected it. Like Tyron Woodley is Tyron Woodley, as great as he is, and he is truly a great guy, a great fighter. He's over his. He's over the hill. I honestly yeah. think he's done. I wouldn't be surprised if Tyron Woodley decides to, you know, hang it up after this. Because, yeah. I mean, nothing against Kobe. Kobe is a hell of a fighter. He is an amazing fighter. A lot of people hate him because of his persona, persona and everything. But you know what? I think it's fun. But the thing is, like, he backs it up. He talks a lot of shit. But guess what? He beats yeah. the shit out of people. He beat yeah. the shit out of fucking Tyler Woodley today. Well, five rounds tonight with him. Yeah. He beat him. He beat him. He beat him well. And he and he he's proof that he's still a contender for the Walter Way title. I still think he has to beat guys like Jorge Masvidal and mm-hmm. and 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 uh what's his name? Gilbert Burns and, and Kamar Usman, who's the champ right now. I honestly do believe that uh uh Kobe could get the next shot after Usman fights uh, Burns. I believe that fight's coming up in like a couple months. Uh, of course, I do believe that we'll probably see Masvidal fight again. We'll probably, he'll probably fight Nate, which uh, yeah. you know, pretty pretty, pretty uh, exciting. Like kind of like pre warm up to like possibly uh, Jorge getting another shot at Kamar. Or possibly fight Kobe Covington, which I think that would be a money fight because those two guys are the most entertaining people I've ever met in MLMA. That's not Conor McGregor, you know. Like hearing Kobe Covington speak is just like everybody's either like, "Yeah, this guy's amazing," or "Fuck, man, this guy's so annoying. I want, be, I want him to fucking <laughs> get his ass kicked." But like, that's the way he is, and that kind of like sells pay per views and sells fights and. 
Yeah, he's exciting. And of course, you know, Street Jesus, Jorge Masudov, that's my dude. Like, you know, that guy's just, that guy's just marketable. Like, you can do a lot of things with those guys. So, yeah, I like that Kobe fight. And uh, I'm excited to see what, what Dana does right now uh, for, uh, for the next couple, of, next couple of fights. When, I think like October 20 something, it's uh, Khabib is coming. It's Khabib. Yeah, Khabib and, and Justin. Uh, what's his name? Justin. Uh, yeah, Gaishu. they're they're fighting soon. So yeah, that's October twenty sixth. It's gonna yeah. be a fight island. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the next fight's gonna be great too, dude. Anasaya yeah. versus uh, Silva. Oh, Silva's fighting. But nah, I'm just, not Anderson Silva. It's another Silva. Okay, yeah, I, don't, I was like, I was gonna say, what the fuck? I don't know. No, who that is, no. Anderson Silva is like. I was like Anderson Silva. Silva? No, they, he actually fought Anderson Silver like a long time ago. Yeah. He beat him. Like it was a good fight, but no, Anasaya is the champ. Like he's got to take on the contenders now, and he's still undefeated. And this other guy is undefeated as well. And so, like, it's the one fight where like Dana just clearly made it perfect. Like, okay, Anasaya versus Silva. Like one of them have to lose. So let's get ready for that. It's one of those fights. Tomorrow's uh, Sunday, man. Week was it week three already? Of no, the week NFL? two. Week, week two. two. Oh yeah, it's week two. Okay, good. Good. Thank God. I was gonna say, blown by. Um, what do you got, man? What do you think, Dallas? Who, who's uh, who's Dallas got? Atlanta. It's a tough oh, one. Okay. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. But they're allowing twenty five thousand people in the stadium, which, you know, COVID. <laughs> COVID doesn't exist in Texas, apparently. So. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, but uh, I think the Cowboys could win, but it's not going to be easy. Their defense is very worrisome. I mean, the Rams kind of had comfortable moments with their offense against that Cowboys defense. Uh, losing Leighton Vander Esch for six to eight weeks really does suck. Now losing Anthony Brown, who's also here, and of course Sean Lee, who's Let's be honest, it's always fucking hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very annoying, but, I mean, whatever. Our offense needs to start clicking. Yeah. I think they definitely started clicking in the Rams game. I just think that, you know, the Rams just played a very high-octane game, knowing that, A, they were playing at their brand-new $5 billion stadium, yep. which looks pretty freaking cool. Um yeah, and also the fact that it was against the Cowboys, I mean, it always adds a little, you know, juice to these players. Like, hey, we're playing against America's team. We need to beat these guys. Atlanta, as good as they are, they just don't have a good defense. And the Dallas Cowboys has way too much. I mean, Coop, you got Coop, you got Gallup, you got you got uh, Lamb. You still got Zeke. Dak can throw the ball efficiently well. Losing the tight end, uh, Blake Jarwin really did suck, but darling, darling uh, Dalton Schultz can really be a decent uh, backup, so we'll see how that goes. But, I mean, it's an interesting situation for the Cowboys, but I, I do think they can win uh, tomorrow, but it will not be an easy game. What do you think? I saw you and my cousin going back and forth a little on Facebook the other day. About the Giants, the Giants. What do you think the New York Giants are doing this year, man? Do you think they're going to have a somewhat of a better season, or do you think they're going to continue to be, you know, mediocre or below that? 
I think they're gonna be a little bit better, but they're still mediocre. Like I, I, I know you're a Giants fan. I know I'm, I'm not trying to tease you guys, but no, I don't. You know, I'm not the biggest but, fan, but but the thing is, though, the you have to be real. They're not ready yet. They're just not ready yet. They that offensive line struggled in game week one. They really looked bad. Yep. Like Daniel Jones. I give you. I I think Daniel Jones is legit. I think he's a really good quarterback. He has Daniel potential Jones. to be an excellent quarterback. They have a really decent wide receiving corp now with with uh, with Slayton and uh, what's his name, uh, Sterling Shepard. Those guys are fantastic. Evan Ingram, when he can catch the ball, is a <laughs> very good tight end. But their offensive line is terrible. Like you cannot sell me. That things are yeah, better when Saquon Barkley has six yards rushing. Yeah. Do not tell me that. Do not tell me it's Dude. okay. Like they're better. No, you are not good when your starting star running back has six yards the whole game. I don't want I and I know the Steelers are good, but you're playing against the Bears next week. The Bears tomorrow. The Chicago Bears with Clay, with Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith. Danny Trevathan, Akeem Hicks, and all those guys, it's going to be a nasty game. But the thing is, though, they're very lucky, and I think it's a winnable game because you know why? Mitch Trubisky. That dude is trash. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the Giants, the most I've seen them win, and I think they should celebrate if they can do it, is if they can win seven games. Okay. If they can win seven games, Bert, I say they got a chance for next season. But I, your cousin was saying eight to nine. I was like, <laughs> yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. I like, asking about it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I, I, I love your cousin. I love Mike. But I, I tell you, man, like, there's no way that team will that team <laughs> that I saw on Monday night is going to win <laughs> eight to nine games. I'm sorry, and their schedule is. Awful the first five weeks. Awful. Yeah. It's not easy. Like you guys gotta play after this, you gotta go to San Francisco. You gotta take on you gotta bring in San Francisco. Like, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. 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 They would they get lucky if they win six, seven, man. It's a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule. You like uh when you think about you know what's funny? I saw fucking Jason Garrett on the sideline. I was like, oh shit, I completely forgot we had. <laughs> I was like, oh, he was there clapping his fucking hands. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel that you guys got him? I, I guess. You made fun of me for many years. Yeah. Oh, you got the clapper. You got yeah. the clapper. And now you guys got the clapper. How do you like that? Uh, we'll see. I, I'm, I like, I'm curious to see how Joe Judge does as a coach. He seems like he's a you know, hard nosed, old school kind of guy. But we'll see if he's all business or all talk. I Joe think Judge. honest. I honestly think this is my opinion. I think he could be a decent coach because there were some moments like the defense played pretty high, a pretty high octane. Like I'm going to be honest with you, the the only reason why the game got kind of close is because Pittsburgh is rusty as fuck. Like Big Ben Roethlisberger hasn't played in a year, so you could clearly see he he's he, with no off season, no preseason. No OTAs, nothing like that. Like the guy looked rusty, 
But the Giants' defense, I will say, have improved in their secondary. Jabril Peppers is is phenomenal. Bradbury, they kept, they picked up from Carolina. He's he's really good. Uh, I think their secondary is going to be really decent. And of course, they have a pretty decent front seven. You know, Leonard Williams, they got from the Jets. That's a pretty good pickup as well. I think they're going to be a good run stop team. I think it's going to be hard to run on this on this football team. But the problem is. If their offense is not doing much, this defense is going to be playing a lot more. And that's a problem because you've got a lot of guys who are going to play really tired and you're going to start giving up points. And I think uh, if I'm if I'm Joe Judge, i got to start thinking about, all right, so maybe this offensive line is a little bit of the backbone. Maybe it's tough to build a good offensive line right now, but we need to start thinking about different offensive schemes, you know, like I say, I feel like the giants are trying to be the Cowboys last year, you know, like they're trying to just be a runs first. Like if Saquon's not working, maybe you should just start trying to throw the football a little bit more and start doing a little mixture of balance. But the thing is they can't do it. If their offensive line is this shit, like the kid from Georgia had a really good game. I think he had a pretty decent game. I get some pretty good front seven in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, there were some moments that he kind of looked a little shaky, but hey, it's his first game. He didn't have a preseason, so I cannot be too hard on him, but I felt like he played pretty well. But like the other guys, holy shit. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> they got to get it together. Um, so who else? Uh, didn't the Eagles blow a lead to the Redskins or the, the fucking... Uh, what do they call them? The, the football club? The football team? The football team. <laughs> They're so, you know, the Eagles uh, lost their team. Yo, listen, 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 listen. We, we laugh at Philadelphia. You know why? Because they lost their team that doesn't have a name. Like, how do you freaking <laughs> lose that team that doesn't have a name? You don't have a name. And you lose to them. Like, how? They should just like, call them, like, <laughs> what do you lose? You lose to the fucking Ghostbusters? Yes. Like, what do you, like, this This shit looks like the longest yard when the prisoners play yeah. against the, the guards. Like, like Ali. This, yeah, this is what I fucking felt like. I felt like the Eagles were the guards and the freaking, the, the Redskins were these freaking prisoners. I literally, they just picked up in the street and they had literally no idea what they were doing. But guess what? They yeah. ended up winning the football game. Yes. Like, no, but to be honest with you, though, as much as I like to bash on Philly getting their asses kicked at the end, they have a lot of they have a lot of issues. Their their offense is not their offensive line is clearly beat up. I don't know what the fuck the Eagles always get. Like they always had these injury problems for so long. Like literally, everybody gets hurt. Like every year, it's the same guy. Ashawn Jeffrey can't play because he's freaking. I don't know, he, like, pulled his freaking, he, like, pulled his toenail and, like, oh, I can't yeah, play seriously. anymore. I can't play for three weeks. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my esophagus is killing me. I can't play football <laughs> for three weeks. Like, I don't get this shit. Like, literally, like, if you cannot play, get rid of them. Like, I understand you pay all this money and blah, blah, blah. Why keep with them? Like, you literally got to tell like, dude, literally, don't go outside. Stay in your house. Don't do that much movement, and just fucking stop getting hurt. 
get hurt when we when you're in the football field and it's respectable. Always fucking hurt. Like, what do these guys do all the time? Like that's what I want to know. And like the same thing with Wentz. Like, dude, I feel bad for Wentz because I feel like Wentz is getting his ass kicked at every moment. Because this offensive line is not playing well. They don't really have a running game right now. Like, Miles Sanders didn't play that game against the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. And um, and the fact of the matter is, if they don't have a running game, Carson Wentz is not going to beat you. you. You can beat uh, Carson Wentz is kind of, you know, starting to slip in a little bit physically. Like, you could see a little bit that he's not the same Carson Wentz. Those knee injuries and those back injuries that he's getting. Those injuries pile up. And, I mean, the Eagles paid all that money for him, and they let a guy like Nick Foles go. But, I mean, they got a guy like now. They got Jalen Hurts. Uh, let's see what he can do. Maybe if 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 Wentz continues to struggle, I mean, it's going to be an interesting season, Bert. A lot of shit going on. Yeah, man, no, for sure. Um, listen, man, uh, you pretty much summed it up. Um one last question before we wrap this whole thing up because we got to go soon. But yeah. who's coming out of the NFC East? Ah, oh, the Cowboys. That that I think I think that's done. I think <laughs> that I think you you and me, as much as you don't want to admit it, you already know we're the most talented team in that division. I mean, the Eagles literally have nobody right now. They're literally playing with fucking guys that we used to play high school with. Like, literally, they literally have nothing. Like, they'll literally pick up a guy from Walgreens and be like, alright, you're our starting center for tonight. Like, <laughs> you're playing. Yeah. Like, he has not played football in like eight years. But guess what? You're playing football tonight. Because, you know what? You're, our freaking starting center is hurt. Like yeah. the Eagles just have too many injury problems. I mean, if the Cowboys really could take, if the Cowboys are smart enough, they'll win this division easy, really easy. I, I you know what? And, and call me crazy, if the Eagles don't get it together, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants finish ahead of them. Yeah, not saying that they're going to be in the playoffs, but. I mean, if Philly continues playing like this, man, it's possible that they can they can cup cross Philly. All right, Cowboys. But I mean, the Super Bowl the Super Bowl is going to be we Fox. all know. No, <laughs> no. Brady's after Fox. after after last week, uh, you were all over them though. What happened? I mean, Brady didn't look too good. <laughs> All right, Mr. Man. Mr. Mr. Goat, Mr. Goat didn't look yeah. like Mr. Goat. Unfortunately, we gotta go, man. We gotta run. I'm tired of shit. I'm gonna go to sleep. Um, yeah, it's midnight, Bert. Like, what? What dude, are we doing here? We're thank you for coming on, bro. I I, I do appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thank you. Nah, man. I I always whenever you tell me to come, I always come. I enjoy it, man. Thank I enjoy you, talking sports with you. Thank you, man. Thanks, bro. All right. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.